everyone. On the podcast today, we have Angela Aja. That is A-J-A. You can check her out at AngelaAja.com. Check out her and her life uh, coaching company at ConfidenceBuildersInc.com. And check out her soon-to-be-published book, Summoned to Soar, The Five Stages of the Rise of a Woman at SummonedToSoar.com. Angela was very generous with her time and her story, and we are grateful that she was able to sit down with us and talk about her successes, her journey, some of her incredible life-altering obstacles that she overcame, and everything in between. She has an awesome story, guys. Angela has a unique background, which she taps into when coaching her clients. She is an ordained minister, a Le Cordon Bleu trained chef, certified life coach, a business owner, an entrepreneur, and even a mother of four, as well as a grandmother. Uh, Homegirl's got a lot of stuff going on. She's crushing it. Later in the episode, Elizabeth and I share a piece of a workshop we did with Angela as part of what she offers as a coach. It is a, uh, it's based around uh, having one word that you are working towards for the upcoming year, rather than maybe focusing on a resolution. If you want to check out the actual timestamp when we talk about the one word uh, that's later in the episode, we will provide that in the show notes. If you like this episode and want to hear more, please visit eversoncooper.com slash podcast for our archive. You can find us also in iTunes or in the Apple iPhone podcast app, as well as Spotify. If you would please leave us a, a rating and a review if you're feeling generous. Ratings and reviews help us to reach more listeners that may benefit from what our guests have shared. Lastly, if you have listener questions, please send them to elizabeth at eversoncooper.com and use the subject line Ask ESC Podcast or message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash eversoncooper and use the hashtag Ask ESC Podcast. All right, a lot to get to. This is a very dense episode, a lot of great ideas, experiences, and insights that you can take away from this and apply to your life, your business, your family, whatever. So please enjoy our conversation with Angela Aja. Welcome to the Everson Cooper Podcast. We are entrepreneurs that are interested in what makes people successful. In this podcast, we sit down with a wide range of people with diverse perspectives and backgrounds. We dive into the obstacles that they've had to overcome, their successes, unique experiences, and everything in between. Our goal is to continuously learn from those around us and share their knowledge so that we can all find something that makes us better and makes those around us better. We hope you enjoy. Angela. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we are we, so happy yeah. to have you here. It's yeah. so Thank exciting. You. Thank you. You have a great story. Uh, you have a really diverse background, I think, too. And we'll dig into all of that. Uh, incredible successes, some really um, devastating, life-changing obstacles mm-hmm. that yes. you have had to overcome. And key is you overcame them. Uh, and you're doing amazing things coming out of that. You are an, an ordained minister. You're a certified life coach. You're a mom. You're a grandmother. Um, and you're also a professionally trained uh, Le Cordon Bleu chef. Yes. And so I kind of want to start there. I know that's it's a little bit off of the off of the path of the ultimate um, kind of message here, but uh, I think that's interesting. And I know that you on your website have 
you even mentioned food now, even in your, in your coaching mm-hmm. and the obstacles that you've overcome. And of course, I, I don't want to bury the lead, but you also are a published author, mm-hmm. uh, summoned to soar yes. is the book that's coming out. And we definitely will, will dig into that, uh, being released in January of 2019. Okay. Uh, at time of recording, it is not released yet. Yes. Um, but okay. So I do want to talk about your experience and uh, your uh, passion mm-hmm. for, for food. You're a foodie. You said you love the transformation of food. And so talk a little bit about what interested you to become a professionally trained chef. Um, what was that experience like and kind of how do you use that now going forward? Well, that's a really interesting um, part of the story. And really food for me, you said it correctly, food for me is a passion and one of the things I do uh, in my business as I work with women is I really have a, a, a passion to help women discover their identity. And part of your identity is knowing what your passion is. And a lot of people think that, um, well, people are my passion or what I do is my passion. Mm-hmm. For you know, What I do as a business is my passion. But to me, I really help people stretch and go beyond that and look at your passion as what feeds your soul? You know, what do you do for you? Because I, as a giver, and you know, when you have your own business, when you uh, serve the community, you're a giver. And when you give and give and give, you have to find a way to feed your own soul so that you can give from a place of abundance. Mm-hmm. And for me, that passion and the way that I feed my own soul, the way that I give back to myself is through cooking. And what I really feel inspired about um, is the transformation of food. And it ties right into the transformation of people that I love so dearly. And that is my call. And so, um, you know, I love the idea of being able to take, to, you know, make something out of nothing. You know, one of my favorite things to do is go into um, somebody's pantry and, you know, where they are convinced that they have absolutely nothing to work with, you know, and I can help them inspire that creativity, um, to really create something out of what they looked at and saw, well, there's just nothing there. And so really, I guess it goes back to that creativity piece. And it's, it's a place for me to use the creative parts of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then also um, to use what I've created to give to people uh, in a way that um, just brings so much enjoyment. Um, just the enjoyment. I think the enjoyment of life is highly underrated. Mm. And sometimes we forget to enjoy <clears throat> life. And so, you know, to be able to just, you know, savor those flavors, um, you know, it unlocks parts of your brain that... Um, may have even been closed up, you know, just to be able to, you know, smell those smells and, and see the, the vibrant colors. Um, I grew up in the, uh, good Southern home with a, with good Southern cooks. And that's where my love for cooking mm. came from. My grandfather had, had a garden and, um, I always loved a colorful plate. So I wanted, you know, the red tomato, the green beans, the yellow corn. Um, you know, I loved having that, color on the plate and so um having you know the garden available and those kind of things um that that was just always something that my mom you know she always she knew I loved that and she would always make sure there was lots of color on the plate for me and so that that's kind of where it started 
for me. Um, but once my kids grew up and all got in school, um, you know, as a mother and as a wife, you, again, you give and give and give, you know, but then, uh, <clears throat> you know, what do you do for yourself? Mm-hmm. And so I was coming to that stage in my life where I knew that um, I wanted to start doing something for me. And they were all getting to the point where they were going to be in school. And I had an opportunity to um, to go back to school. And, and so it, we were in Austin at the time. And I found uh, Le Cordon Bleu. And I walked in, and it was just as if, you know, the pearly gates had just sprung <laughs> open wide. <laughs> I just knew I was at home. Yeah. And it just felt incredible. And so to take that love for food and then to have um, the training uh, and and the really gain the expertise behind it. I mean, I don't know. It just did something for me that it just, it really, I think what it did, it opened up a whole new world for me. And it unlocked a confidence inside of me that I didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. And which, again, inspired where I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just locating your passion, it really can unlock confidence. And um, so yeah. I I, I'm, a, I'm a foodie through and through. Now, did that change? Uh, you know, I know that, so food was already a part of your background. Mm-hmm. You, know, so you loved a, a colorful plate and your grandfather had a garden. Did that now? Once you were professionally trained, formally trained, did that change how you went to restaurants? Did that change how you prepared your meals? Did that uh, change how you? I I, I imagine. I'm obviously it, it probably changed how you looked at food in general, how you paired things together. But did things change when people would say, "Hey, we want to go to such and such for dinner," and you'd be like, "Oh man, I don't want to go there." <laughs> It didn't change that because, okay. again, I'm such a foodie. You know, I like the hole-in-the-wall restaurants yeah. as much as I like five-star dining, you know, the French cuisine and all that. Um, but it's, it's <coughs> what it did was it really um, it helped me organize my own thoughts. And this is kind of a funny thing you wouldn't expect to, to have come out of it, but there's a thing in French cooking um, is called mise en place and that's it means everything in its place and so it really taught me how to organize my life because what you do is you go into the kitchen you look at your recipe and you set up you get your mise en place together and you set everything up so you get you know your sugar your salt your all the ingredients out you get all the tools out that you need and so that when you go to start cooking, it's all right there and available and within reach sure. to you. And strangely enough, um, that alone impacted so many areas of my life um, to be able to organize my life and say, okay, I'm going to do this project. I need to have this here and this here and this here. Mm-hmm. So when I go to do the project, it's all right in front of me. It's all available. All I have to do is just let my creativity flow yeah. with everything in its in reach. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think also <clears throat> you do a great job of using that kind of as a metaphor, as you alluded to for your, for your coaching mm-hmm. uh, of have, kind of putting everything in, in, in place and yes. where it goes uh, and then how things can be, can be paired together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I th- that's, I like that. That's really good. Well, and it's, it's a very unique thing to set yourself apart. 
Uh-huh. Well. Yes. Yeah. Thank that's you. Cool. I like that. Well, and you, and again, a diverse. You have a different perspective mm-hmm. on on things that gives you something that not everyone is a Le Cordon Bleu trained <laughs> chef. So that's also something that's unique that you can bring to the table. No pun intended. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so you mentioned, uh, so I want to transition uh, uh, to something that you mentioned as we were as we were arriving here. Of course, Elizabeth uh, commented on on your dress, and, and obviously, listeners aren't going to be able to see what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Elizabeth commented, and you, you look great. You're wearing a royal blue dress, and you have you have you have blue eyes as as do I, and so like blue just you know makes your eyes pop and whatever. So, uh, you mentioned to Elizabeth where you got your dress from, and it's a really cool story and kind of where you uh, um, uh, kind of the, the purpose behind it, and whatever. So. Take a minute to, to talk about your um, the, 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 the story of where you got your sure. dress and, and that. Okay. So, it, and I won't get too much into this now, but it is funny because it does tie into the book and, and the whole process of <laughs> yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a big part of my life at this stage of the game has been collaboration. And I find that um, as I am at this stage of my life and, and getting ready to release the book and all of that, um, people are coming to me and wanting to collaborate. And so one of those um, collaborators was a good friend of mine. Her name is Rosie. And she has a boutique uh, right here in the Woodlands, right next to Goodwill, right off of Sawdust. And it's called the Red Ink Boutique. And Rosie is just an amazing woman. She's got a heart of gold. If you walk into her boutique, she's going to pray for you. She's going to just, you know, encourage you. She's going to ask you, you know, how are you doing? She's like really concerned about you. She's just precious. And so um, she has turned her whole uh, boutique into everything is $20 or less. And Um, she really has a passion for every woman, no matter what their financial status is to have that boutique experience. Mm -hmm. And so just to make women feel special. And so we have collaborated and she has, um, offered me to, you know, wear her clothes, um, as I'm out and about and, you know, in front of the camera or doing whatever I'm doing in, uh, promoting my book in this stage of my life. And so she, um, I just definitely want to give a shout out to her because, uh, you know, she she is one that I've been collaborating with, and um, she's just she's her heart is so precious, and um, and so yeah, so she's you know sewing into me, and I'm sewing into her, and we're just helping each other. I love that. That's mm-hmm. great. You should get her to um, like help let you sell it off of your off of yourself. So when you're done with the event, because like I'm ready to just buy your necklace and your <laughs> That's a great idea. when you leave this house, you know, instead of giving it back to her, let me just give you some money. Yeah. That's a great idea. I mean, come on. I love that idea. Just be sure you bring a change of clothes with right. where you go. Yeah. yeah. It might make for awkward yeah, times. That's true. That's true. I just want the accessories today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. That is funny. Oh, man. That's, that's great. So Red Ink Boutique. Mm-hmm. Okay. Red Ink Boutique. Rosie. All right. That's fantastic. I love that story. That's a great story. And what you said about collaboration is so true. I think when people like-minded, uh, and you said a great thing earlier about having a mindset of abundance, mm-hmm. 
you don't look at other people who are having success as if that success is taking from mm-hmm. your chances of having success. Right. You're saying, hey, what are they doing? Man, they're doing something awesome. Well, I want to do some awesome mm-hmm. things. Let's find ways to add value to each other. Yes. And that's a perfect example of how you're able to add value to her, how she's able to add value to each other, or to, to, to you. Mm-hmm. And together, you're able to, you know, to add value. Then you spread that. You spread that to other people. Yes, yes. Uh, so that's, I love that story. That's great. Thank Good you. for you. Good for her. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, I do want to get into the book, and I do want to um, give you an opportunity to to talk about this. And <clears throat> I know we'll ha- we'll have a lot to unfold because mm-hmm. there's a lot to this book. Yeah, um, it's called "Summon to Soar: The Five Stages of the Rise of a Woman." Mm-hmm. And so, uh, first, I kind of want you to set up for the listeners. What is the target market? You know, I'm a dude. I'm a guy. Uh, so the rise of a woman, uh, may, am I the target market for that? And, and I know we, we've kind of talked a little bit about it, and there, there, are, there are opportunities for, for men mm-hmm. to learn from it and whatnot. So um, it's been, it's, it'll be released shortly at the time of recording in, in January of 2019. Yes. yes. So that's awesome. Uh, so talk a little bit about just it, it, who's, your, who's your target audience first. Okay. Let's go for that. So my target audience for this book is any woman who has been through a setback, but she knows that there is more to life than what she's currently experiencing. Really a woman who has um, settled for a life of ordinary, but but yet extraordinary churns down deep inside of her. And um, this woman may have morphed into a false version of who she was created to be, Um, She's usually a giver. She gives and gives and gives, but maybe she's neglected herself. Um, But I think the best way to sum it up is really any woman who uh, feels that she may be going into the cocoon, in the middle of the cocoon, or coming out of the cocoon. Um, There are five stages, so there's a stage before that and a stage after that, but that really, uh, that middle ground there where she's feeling... um, compelled into the cocoon uh, or she's in the middle of the cocoon or she's coming out of the cocoon mm-hmm. um, I really want to support her in getting through uh, going through the full process of development and not stopping short because really the so the book is is um, it's a little bit of my story and my journey but it's I show how the the um, development of a a caterpillar into a butterfly, um, that the, the phases that an, a woman has an opportunity to walk through, they mimic that of the caterpillar to the butterfly. Mm-hmm. And then also the journey of, um, Queen Esther into her rise into the kingdom, Queen Esther from the Bible. So, yeah. um, so using that, that butterfly analogy, uh, it really is a theme throughout the book. Um, but the, I, I've had a lot of my men friends, you know, who are excited about the book and they said they're going to read it, but they've asked me, are you going to write a book for men? And so I've decided I'm just making an announcement right here. I'm going <laughs> to write a book for men and it's going to be called Boys or Butterflies Too. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> because um, really that journey <laughs> of great. escalation is not one, it's not just for women. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at anybody who's made an impact in history at all, you know, er, you can, from you know, any historical figure that has made a difference, any biblical um, hero, you know, they've all, you can see how they've been through the same journey. Mm -hmm. 
And so the journey is not just for women, but I am focusing on women at this time. Sure. And um, so that's a little bit uh, about the... I like that. that. Yeah. So, okay. So before we get into the book, and because I, I do, I want, I want an opportunity <clears throat> for you to to talk about the book and at the same time I feel that that will tell a lot about your story. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested in how people get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and writing a book is a super challenge. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of probably getting past writer's block, you know, <laughs> early in the morning, late at night, you know, whatever, uh, making some sacrifices. So talk about the process of writing the book. Uh, how long did it take? And what were some of the things you did on a daily or weekly basis that you're like, I have to be able to do this because I want to get, you know, I want to get it done by a certain time. So talk a little bit about the process of writing this book. Okay. So I have been writing for um, probably the last eight years okay. or so through just through journaling. Um, I started putting some of my journaling into, in the form of a blog you know, putting it out. And, um, I don't think it got a lot of attention, but it it did a lot for me just to get it out. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a family of preachers. I grew up in the church with my parents in the ministry. Uh, I was married to a pastor. So, you know, that natural flow of, you know, your three points here, you know, like that's just kind of inbred into me. And so to turn that into a blog, you know, I like, take something I was going through, journal about it, and then kind of put it in, you know, here's three points, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Then that was very natural to me. So I started writing uh, in that way over about the last eight years or so. Uh, But I always, and I always knew there was a book in me, and, and people would say that to me all the time, you know, you need to write a book, you know. And I'm like, oh, I know, yeah, I, I know, I get it. But um, I just didn't know how to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, how does that even happen? So um, I had some interesting collaborations. I met Janet Amador, who has Behind the Gates here in the Woodlands, and she's amazing, um, just a, a true giver to the community. And um, this was about five years ago. Um, she was looking for a writer for her magazine. And so I didn't have any confidence in my writing skills, really. Um, but that intrigued me. And I thought, you know, if I can practice writing for her, maybe it'll, you know, kind of help me um, in my process toward writing a book. So I started writing for her. I would interview um, people uh, from behind the gates um, or sorry, from Carlson Woods, and, and I would write their stories. So I started writing people's stories. Mm-hmm. And again, just like you said, you know, like just, you know, you see people out doing their business, but then you get to know them and you hear their story and the things they have overcome. You know, it just like, it's amazing. And it just really um, touches your heart and you get inspired. And so um, through writing people's stories, it really got me thinking a lot about my own story then as well. And so that was an interesting piece to the puzzle. But then on the Good Friday of this last Easter, um, I went to a women's, it was a women's event at our church. And um, she, the, the pastor's wife was speaking about um, Song of Solomon. And, and she said something about when you, 
um, you know, when you hear, she read a verse and it said something about when you hear your lover calling, like get up and put your robe on, put your slippers on. In other words, when you hear God calling you, you know, get up and listen what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, it was like, oh, that's really a good word. And I went home, I got up the next morning and I was just wide awake at like six o'clock and without thinking about it, I got up, I put my robe on, I put my slippers on and I went to my computer And I literally had what I call a divine download. I mean, I got the title. I got the five phases. It just all came to me. And as I started going back and reading all the things I had been writing, I just realized it all fit in to the the structure that I had been downloaded. And so um, from that day until January will be a nine-month period of time. And... I think what really has kept me going is, uh, number one, when you discover your message and how your story holds the clues to your message and you quit being embarrassed and ashamed of your story, but you just, you, what I say is, I said, when you mine the diamonds of your story, which you once you used to see as lumps of coal, mm-hmm. as you start to mine those diamonds then the message becomes more important than any obstacle that might stand in your way. And that's really what happened to me is that this message of hope and the message of, you know, it's the the necessity of going through the full process of development. You know, what's the use of going through the cocoon that, you know, in that dark place and all the transformation that takes place to break out of the cocoon, but then to never use your wings. Sure. You know, so there's at each different stage, um, I, I just, my passion is to help women really move through those phases so they don't get stuck in one phase or the other. So they really can step into their call. They can really step into the reason they're here, you know, the message they're here to speak, the hurt they're here to hear to heal, you know, the, um, the pain or the wounds that they're here um, to to bring the the ointment to the um, the song they're here to sing whatever that is that call um, I think it lies within within each and every one of us but we get stuck along the way in a different phase and so um, that passion to get that message out really inspired me and then. Setting it up, laying out my mise en place, you know, to be able to set it up and say, okay, if I want to finish at this time, um, this is what I have to do. So this is a really cool part of the story. Uh, This is another thing that inspired me to keep going. Um, The date of uh, that I'm going to release the book is January 10th, 2019. And that is the day of my divorce. Oh, wow. I am I am stepping into my 10th year on January 10th of being a single woman. And so um, th- that, to me, I'm turning a day that, you know, marked a, a day in my life of pain, and I'm turning that around for mm-hmm. a day of purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and then starting to tell people that, like, once you start putting it out there yeah. and telling people, you know, I don't want to sit there with egg on my face and then, okay, it's not done. So <laughs> that was a real motivator for me was yeah. to tell people so that they could hold me accountable. 
um, and not hold me accountable to what they wanted, but to hold me accountable to my dreams. Right. Right. And so that, that was another thing. So it, you know, from there it was just, um, I had to give up, um, you know, maybe some social activities. I had to miss out mm-hmm. on some events. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just that message became more important than any obstacle that could have stood in my way. Yeah. That's great. So it ultimately comes down to a, a divine download, and then really the, the last you know nine months mm-hmm. were you know the time where you kind of put everything together. But yeah, it was yes. like an eight year process. Yes. Yeah, that's I love that. That's incredible. That's I and uh, yeah, I'm I'm always curious about because that's not something you can just do in a day or or in a weekend. Right. I don't know. Maybe Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone says he <laughs> right, writes right. books, you know, in, in weekends or whatever, and he's you know uh, maybe the exception to the rule, but. Yeah, that's uh, it. It takes a long time to be able to do that, and also to to have a succinct message for mm-hmm. everything to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to kind of keep that 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 um, train of thought over mm-hmm. a period of time, and so you have to you know find out your process yes. for that. So I love that story. So okay, so I want I want to get into this because okay. you had mentioned that you put the date out there, January tenth, two thousand nineteen. Mm-hmm. That was the ten year mark, mm-hmm. and so you kind of alluded to in this this big life transformation. <laughs> you know whether you wanted it or not, right. you know this big life transformation it kind of turned your life you know into one hundred and eighty degrees from from where you had it. So talk about some of the things that you drew from your own life uh, that that are in this book, and the things that the experiences that you went through that helped you kind of get out of your cocoon, mm-hmm. you know, feel, feel your wings start flying like a butterfly. Yeah. So, so talk about that, the, the story of, of you that, that you're sharing in this book. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was raised uh, in the ministry with my parents. My pa- parents were pastors, and, um, you know, they really believed that uh, it was something we would do as a family. So I was always very involved in... Um, I, f- I knew since the third grade that uh, there was a call on my life just to help people, serve people, inspire people, whatever that would look like. And so um, I got older and I went to Bible college. Um, I met the man of my dreams and I um, he, he was a, just a fiery young preacher and, you know, he wanted to be in the ministry as well. And so we got married and... and um, we took a church as soon as we got married, and um, we became a very, uh, uh, we grew very quickly mm-hmm. and um, did made a big impact in our community. This was in the Chicagoland area. And um, I really felt like I was living my dream. You know, I was um, running a, a women's mentorship program that was making a big impact. We worked with a lot of people that had just come out of prison. Um, I trained leaders and um, raised up leaders within um, different parts of our ministry, where whether it was the children's ministry workers or the women's leaders, um, just different uh, different things like that. And so I, I just felt like I was living my dream. That's all I ever wanted to do was help people. And um, we had moved to Texas to plant another church, and um, things changed very drastically once we got to Texas. Um, I ended up um, divorced, financially bankrupt. Um, I moved out. Um, I have four kids, and uh, one of them was pretty much grown and on his own at the time. I had three kids left at home. I moved out into an apartment, 
Um, we had no furniture. We slept on the floor. We ate on the floor. We played Yahtzee on the floor. And um, I just, uh, just really, my life just fell apart. And, but it, it really, now looking back, I see how that all fit into, you know, just like a butterfly, just like a caterpillar. When a caterpillar goes into the cocoon, um, enzymes are released that literally liquefy that caterpillar and they call it pupa soup. And so, you know, that's what happened to my life. My, my life lost all form and shape that it once had. It was like, it just turned into this unexplainable blob, you know, (laughs) here I was, you know, all I'd ever done was work in the ministry and homeschool my kids and, um, and just help people. And now all of a sudden, you know, I had to, um, find a job. I'd never worked outside the home really. And so, um, you know, my life just made this huge transition and, and so, you know, yes, I went through rejection and abandonment and all those things, you know, but more than that, um, I realized that I had built my life around a man in the ministry. And when you build your life around what you do, then when you lose what you do, you lose who you are. And so I realized that I had, um, by, by building my life around a man in the ministry, um, and then I lost those, and I went through a huge identity crisis. And so, you know, I mean, think about the little caterpillar. As it goes into the cocoon, it completely melts down into a just a blob of liquid. You know, I'm sure it's going through its own identity crisis. Like, <laughs> wait a minute, you know, I had this long body. I had these little legs. I was getting around just fine, you know. Um, I mean, a caterpillar has limited vision, um, but it can see, you know, sure. so you just kind of get used to just going through the motions as a little caterpillar, you know, but then when that caterpillar dissolves, I'm sure she was just like, what is going on? You know, life <laughs> is no longer, it makes, makes no sense anymore. Yeah, yeah. What happened? I was doing just fine the way I was, but a crisis literally compels you into the cocoon. Mm. And what I realized when I went through that dark, lonely place is that I knew that I said to myself, okay, this will either be your grave or it'll be your cocoon. Because the grave and the cocoon, they look and feel a lot alike. Mm -hmm. You know, they're both dark. They're both lonely. Nothing makes sense the way it is. You know, um, you feel hidden. You feel voiceless. You feel unseen. You feel like you have no purpose in life. But the only difference between the grave and the cocoon is that there's transformation taking place mm-hmm. in the cocoon. And so I, I somehow instinctively knew that, okay, I can either die here or I can, you know, use my story to give God glory. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, I said, okay, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. God, you know, I said, you, you've, allowed things to happen in my life that make no sense to me whatsoever, but, um, I can't make sense of it, but you can. And so, um, I just kind of surrendered, um, to the process and, um, you know, went through that. I said yes to the dark, lonely seasons. And, um, I said, I said yes to, you know, let me just, come face to face with my fears and insecurities mm-hmm. and all of that. And, you know, there's, there's my favorite part of the book is, um, 
as a caterpillar goes into the cocoon um, and it, you know, it's melted down into nothing, you know, and then it goes through this, you know, deep transformation. It literally, you know, the, who it was had to be uh, broken down mm -hmm. so that who it was meant to be could, could be birthed. And so here, this you know, this butterfly. She's she's in the cocoon. She's fully transformed. She's got her wings, but she's all wrapped up. And you know, so it's she's now she's in a tight place. And so all of a sudden, um, there's some, an interesting part about the the as the butterfly is getting ready to break out. Um, right before she's ready to break out of the cocoon, uh, the cocoon becomes transparent. And so I saw, again, with my own life, how after I'd gone through the full process of development, I thought, hey, I've got my wings. I'm ready to go. Let's get going here. You know, but yet still, you know, like feeling in a tight place and still feeling like, wait, I don't have a voice. I don't have, mm -hmm. what am, you know, why can't I seem to get my message out here? Because I was, I was still in the cocoon. But right before that cocoon breaks open, it, as it becomes transparent, a woman has an opportunity to become transparent. And I remember... Um, there were some things that I just needed to get transparent about. And I just, you know, called the right person at the right time. And I said, look, this is what it is. This is where I'm at. And this is what I need you to know. And it just, it took a burden off of me because, you know, you can't soar. You can't fly if you're, if you're weighed down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that, even that transparency is such an important part of the journey. So, so after, the cocoon is uh, becomes transparent. That butterfly, the way she gets out is by kicking, and she just starts, you know, kicking her her way out. As she's kicking, 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 it's hard work. So you know, transformation is hard work. But also, then when you get to the the part of breaking out, it's hard work. But it's a different kind of hard work. So really, knowing where you are in the journey is really important to know. Um, what's going on around you and so she she's pushing and and you know so that again that writing the book was really just part of that pushing and uh, I, I've often said that you know writing the book has felt like you know giving birth to a baby you know I mean I've had four babies in that point where you're like push push you know and that's how I felt with writing this book like you know I'm almost there and I just had to Tell my friends, like, you know, just come on, just be my midwife. Like, tell me, come yeah. on, you can do it. Push, push, push. So, you know, just as that butterfly is breaking out, she's kicking, kicking, kicking. And she finally starts to break free, and she comes out, and her wings are wrapped around her. And she's all, they're, they're, they're wet, and they're heavy. And so when you break out in this, this new way of life, you've got this new mode of transportation that is going to take you higher and take you faster than you've been before, you know, but they're just still kind of wet and heavy and you feel clumsy, you know. And so, um, but as she begins to flap her wings, when she's in the cocoon as a caterpillar, uh, she cannot excrete. And so she's in the cocoon with all of that ex excretion. Mm -hmm. And so... I like to say that, you know, there's times when you go through that um, cocoon period of time and you, you really stay committed to going through the full process of development. Um, you know, you go through that time where you feel like you're face-to-face -face with your fears and your insecurities and it's...
excuse my language, but you're in the cocoon with, you know, you feel like you're there with all your face to face with all your crap. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And so when you finally break out and she starts to flap her wings, all of the excretion that she was in the cocoon with, it gets pumped back up through her body and into her wings and hardens. <laughs> So all of the crap that you've been through in the life, in your life, all of the hard times that you've been through, you know, all of the pain, all of the, the hard work, it's meant to give you the strength to fly. Mm-hmm. But you have to go through the full process mm-hmm. of development. And so um, that's really just um, my passion is just to inspire women to you know, if, if it feels hard right now, it's okay. Keep going because there's purpose in your pain. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I, I, <laughs> so yeah. I love the, the, ultimately the metaphor that you have for that. <clears throat> and it reminds me of uh, one of our guests we just had, Barry Blanton. And uh, he had an amazing story of um, going through cancer, going through, going through cancer treatment. And now he's he's ultimately in remission, and you know he's he's you know incredibly wow. healthy. And he had a, an amazing quote of saying, you know, some people that have gone through, and he was speaking specifically about cancer, but you can you know blow this up to, mm-hmm. into a larger group of people. Yeah, going through that difficult time, that dark place mm-hmm. where like you're facing your own mortality, yes. ultimately for cancer. He said some people when they're done with it, for you know, thank God they survived. Mm-hmm. They're done with it. They never want to talk about it. They never want to experience it again. And they, and that's fine. That's okay. He had the opposite. He mm-hmm. said, no, I want to take this. I want, I, I feel like I'm stronger. I'm yes. better than I've ever been before. And I want to do something that's going to help other people, help the people that are going through what I went through. Mm-hmm. So he talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and I think, and when you're telling your story there, that's the same thing yes. of saying, look, I, no one would blame you. For, for not, not wanting to talk about it. Right. And say, hey, man, that's a dark place. I don't blame you. That's right. But you have the opposite. Like, no, look, it was a dark place. And I know other people are going through that. Yes. I want to share that because that made that made me better. That's who I am now. Yes. I, I can't go back and change that. Right. What I can, the only thing that I can do going forward is say, hey, look, that happened and I'm better for it. That's right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. awesome. Good for you. That's, Thank you. Uh, that, I know that that is not <clears throat> an easy thing to, uh-huh. to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, but I know that, uh, it's an amazing story and it's very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. Someone, I mean, you, you talked about, you never worked outside the home. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you were, you literally built your life. You built your identity around your family Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, around the ministry. And now like that's gone essentially. I mean, you still have your kids obviously, but it's not the same. So you're like, man, what, what am I doing? You know, so you literally, you know, in, in, in a short period of time, you had to do a 180, not by choice, and you know, okay, figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you're like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I gotta figure this out. Yeah, yeah, somehow. Well, yeah. and I had built my identity around what I did versus who I am at my core. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that's really the key is that you know, so many times, um, whether you know you talk about like an identity crisis or a midlife crisis, a quarter life crisis, you know, whatever <laughs> crisis it is. It's all stems down to um, that fear that rises up with, wait a minute, you know, there's a crisis. Who am I? Mm -hmm. You know, what am I, what am I here? Why am I here? What am I here to do? And, you know, so recognizing um, that your crisis doesn't have to end, 
it, it, your crisis can compel you into the cocoon and, and ultimately unlock your call. Mm-hmm. Um, so that Because the goal is to live a life of significance, fulfillment, and true joy. Like that's what we all really want. Mm-hmm. And there's no greater significance and fulfillment and joy that, that can come other than when you are just living a life of purpose and intention mm-hmm. and using all that you've been through to impact the world. I just want to thank you for being so brave and so bold and so vulnerable in what you're doing and how you traveled through that journey. I mean, it's clear, at least to me, that like everything that you did before that prepared you for Mm -hmm. doing your own coaching of yourself that you used to do for everyone else to get you through that. And I just think that's that's just all God right there. I mean, that's just the way he works, which is so cool. But um, it's... It's really nice to be around you. You have this energy and this encouragement, and you want people to be happy, and you can see that, and you can feel that. And it's so refreshing, um, especially as a woman, just because a lot of times we cut each other down, and we're Mm -hmm. ugly and judgy and all these negative, (laughs) terrible things, and we should be doing the complete opposite, making everybody feel like rock stars and good about themselves and... Um, I just appreciate that you are really spearheading that, and I know that your book was going to make a big impact, and you're already making an impact here and in our community, and we're grateful for you. So thank Thank you you for doing that. Thank you so much. So summontosore.com is is the book's website, Uh, and it'll be coming out January 10th of 2019 if you're listening to this beforehand. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can pre-order, right, on your website? Yes, so the the book is in pre-order stage right now, summontosore.com. Um, and then on January 10th, we're going to be having a book launch party um, just to celebrate. Uh, my goal is to be an Amazon bestseller by that time. So we'll be um, celebrating and I'll do uh, a book cover uh, reveal that day. I have some um, some special art that's being done that I want to use for the cover. So yes. that'll be revealed. Uh, I'll probably do a short reading. It's going to be at the Butler House, which is... A I'm sure if you've yes. been there, it's an amazing place um, from 6 to 8 on Thursday night, January 10th. If, if you hear this before that date, we would love to have you come out and celebrate with us. Yeah. So yeah, anyone who's in the North Houston area or the Houston area, yeah, go, go check it out. And, and we do have listeners that are not in the, we just realized this a couple weeks ago, uh, not to digress too much, we have like listeners in Uganda, <laughs> Sweden, the UK, Colombia. Wow. Uh, like it's it's crazy, just the, the magic of the internet. I guess. So when you start getting book orders from there, that's yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, do, I, you know, obviously I do think, you know, most of our listeners are still in the greater Houston uh-huh. area, but yeah, man, it's just crazy. The, the, the magic of, of the internet. And I mean, people are going to find out about your book that you've never met, that never even knew you. Yeah. Um, and are going to pick it up and say, what the heck is this? And it's going to have a profound impact on their life. And I mean, it's, it's like, that's just the magic of being able to spread great news mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. being able to spread the word about your book. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, summontosore.com. We'll put that in the show notes for, for everyone uh, to check out for sure. Um, that's, uh, that'll be awesome. January of 2019 will be the, uh, the launch of that book. Mm-hmm. So I do want to talk about um, your, your life coaching. Okay. And, um, and I want to give some background on that, some context on that. Um, 
I know that that is something that uh, certainly adds into your book and mm-hmm. something that will come, you know, you know, afterwards and, and the book will be, you know, the coach in the book will be, you know, com- uh, complimentary of each other going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are the founder and owner of Confidence Builders Incorporated, Confidence yes. Builders Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, and so confidencebuildersinc.com is, uh, is the website. So talk about, um, and I can, I can imagine or assume, you know, kind of how you got started, but, you know, certainly don't want to do that. We want to be able to have you tell you know, your own story, your own inspiration and, and mission for the company and what you do, your goal, um, and, uh, and kind of go from there. So Confidence Builders, uh, Life Coaching, talk about that. For okay, that. sure. So I, you know, being in the ministry, uh, I did a lot of counseling. I did uh, a lot of just inspiring um, women, couples, um, that kind of thing. And so, you know, when you know that you're called to a life of service, and then you go through this big dramatic change, um, you know, again, just like it just kind of left me with, okay, wait, now what am I supposed to do? You know, because <laughs> that's what I was doing was helping people. And now I'm going through my own crisis. And so um, I met this woman. Uh, my friend was working with uh, a life coach. And she said, you know, I, I really think that you need to talk to this lady and I was like, I'd never heard of a life coach. And so I was like, mm, I don't know. You better be careful what you're getting into, you know. <laughs> and so I uh, just really saw a lot of great changes in her. And I started noticing noticing a maturity in her that I had not seen before. So it really intrigued me. So this lady, uh, the life coach, had an event. And I went. And I'm telling you, it rocked me at my core. And, you know, part of my process was that I was stuck in this victim story. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, poor me, you know, this had happened to me and, and blame and, and shame and guilt and all of this stuff. And and I, I was stuck there for a while. And so um, this woman really offered me an opportunity to, um, even though you know, at times, you know, you may be victimized, but you don't have to stay the victim. Like right. you have the power to choose if you're going to be stay the victim, even if you were victimized. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me because um, she didn't take away from the fact that I had been hurt, that I had been wounded. Um, but she, you know, she acknowledged it. But she said it doesn't have to identify you. You don't have to let that be come who you are. Okay. And so um, that really changed me. And. So I started working with her, and my life just began to unfold. And I realized a lot of the mindsets that I had had um, kept me small and insignificant, mm-hmm. just like that caterpillar. And so um, <clears throat> as I began to um, you know, change my mindsets and, and that kind of thing, I, I, re- I realized that I could use everything that I had been through to help other people. And the more I started realizing that I started hearing the, those same patterns that I had been stuck in, I started recognizing them in other people. That, and, and I wanted to help them and say, okay, look, that, that was a pattern, and I've been, I've been stuck in that pattern, and you don't have to stay stuck there. So I, I've still, that, that service was still in me. That call was still there. And so I just realized that um, this was going to be a great way for me um, to still be able to serve people and to use my journey to help other people heal. Mm-hmm. And the more I started using my journey to help other people heal, the more I healed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a crazy situation. Um, 
And so I ended up becoming, uh, getting, you know, my certifications and all of that. Um, and I just started, I just started saying I'm a life coach, you know, and, um, started practicing on people and they were, people were really changing and they, it was working, you know, and I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, you know, I would tell people, Hey, you know, if you, part of the certification process is you have to coach a certain amount of hours and you have to get paid for it. And so I would say like, yeah, if you pay me a dollar an hour, (laughs) I just need to practice. And so, um, but it just helped me to, you know, work out, uh, you know, kind of my flow and, and my skills and, uh, hone my skills and all that. And so, um, then I started my my own business and um, started working with women and um, and finding uh, those women that I connected with and using you know my story to connect with them and inspire them and so that's really how it came about yeah. and that's how it was birthed and so once I got the download of the five phases I realized that all of these programs that I had written. They fit into every stage <laughs> mm-hmm. of the book, every phase yeah. of the book. Yeah. And so what I'm working on now is um, to, to um, at most of my programs are, you know, face-to-face, one-on-one, um, or we can work over the phone. So, I mean, I work with people from all over the world, from Canada, from different, even different countries, mm-hmm. because we can work through Skype or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um but there's only one of me, and so I have been building my programs online so that um, whatever phase you feel you're in, you will be able to go online and take the online courses, the coaching courses mm-hmm. as well, um, that coordinate with the different phases of the, the book. So, And um, uh, the book also has a lot of great coaching principles in it. Um, I even, you know, talk about how coaching came about and um, and that kind of thing. So the, the book, it has a lot of um, good coaching principles that helped me transform. Um, so, it, the, yeah, they really do. They, they really work together. Um, but the book is to kind of help you um, discover, kind of realize the big picture of what's really going on, mm-hmm. and then to identify what stage you're at. And then the coaching is really there to support you in moving through that phase into the next phase. And even getting to the rise, the fifth and final stage, um, I, I say in the book that the rise or the when you begin to use your wings and, you know, when the butterfly um, begins to, to fly, she can go to new heights on her own. But it's when she catches the tailwind mm. that she she doesn't have to even pump her mm. wings. She just relies on the wind to carry her farther and higher than she could ever go on her mm. on her own. And so even in, in the stage of the rise, that it's not a it's not a destination. It's not like well, once you get to the fifth and final stage, wow. then you're done. Mm-hmm. the The rise is really a culmination of everything you've been through um, to begin to live that life of impact and purpose. Mm -hmm. And so the coaching is really there, is going to be there to support women once they know 
the, see the big picture, they recognize where they're at, then they can have uh, step into the coaching to be able to support them uh, to move through the different phases. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So you had mentioned, um, so I love the story, by the way. Thank you. You had mentioned that you got your certifications for to, to be a life coach and, and whatnot. And so talk a little bit about that, because if someone is listening to this and saying, what? A life coach? What the heck is that? There's mm-hmm. just, is that just someone that comes in and says, hey, man, get your life together. Right, right. Uh, and, and obviously not. But um, spend a second to, to talk about, okay, the, the actual certification process uh-huh. of what is that like? What do you, what exactly do you have to go to? I know that you mentioned you, know, you have to spend a certain amount of hours mm-hmm. and actually you have to get paid to, to coach people. But, mm-hmm. but what else kind of goes into that? So the, the coaching process is um, there's different places uh, that you can get your certifications sure. through. But... Um, it's, it's really, um, you know, learning about coaching. Coaching is different than counseling and therapy. So, um, counseling and therapy are more like archeology span where you're digging, you know, kind of digging things up from the past and, you know, um, why, you know, do you have these patterns? Why do you act that way? Whatever. Where coaching is really more about like architecture. So it's really starting from the place of where you're at. It's not, we don't do a lot of digging into the past. Um, if we do, if you do choose to look back at the past, it's really for the purpose of moving forward, like go building up. Sure, and sure. so coaching really helps you to identify, first of all, <clears throat> you know, what is it that you really want to build? And then it helps, what I like to say then in using that analogy is it helps you to build the scaffolding to be able to build on that. So coaching is not my opinion. Coaching is not my expertise on your life. Um, Coaching, I believe that you have the answers inside of you. Coaching really comes from the perspective that, you know, everything you need is inside of you. I I really, I just call myself a professional digger. So (laughs) through the right questions um, and deep listening, um, I can help dig out what's right for you. You know, I can help you dig out the answers for yourself. And that's what's really, um, I, I feel like, different about coaching. And that um, that takes practice because, you know, coaching is, like I said, it's not my opinion. So, you know, how many times when you're sitting there and you hear someone telling you their problems, like, it's our natural instinct to say, wait, here, let me tell you how to fix it. Sure, so sure. You know, a lot of times I'm like, I'm biting my tongue. Like, I want to tell you how to fix it, but I can't because I'm a life coach. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to use powerful questions and deep listening because if I tell you how to fix your life, then, um, you know, you're probably not going to do it. But if I can help you discover um, what your next step is and it becomes a real revelation to mm-hmm. you, then you're going to go out and you're going to make it happen mm-hmm. because it's real for you. Mm-hmm. It came from within you. Um, it's not my opinion, you know, it's not, and that, that's takes practice to not, you know, giving your opinion to not telling people what you think they need to do with their lives. You know, um, it, it takes practice to really ask the right kind of questions, you know, open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to, it takes a lot of boldness and bravery sometimes to ask questions, um, that, you know, people don't want you to ask, you know, um, 
But they, the, those are the questions that hold so much deep revelation about yourself. And so, um, so really coaching, uh, the learning how to be a good coach is, is um, you know, you learn about all those things. And you learn about why it's important, but then you have to put that into practice. And and we would have to, um, you know, sit with a bunch of people with the other fellow coaches, um, and you know, we would have to coach someone, and they're all listening, and then they all give you feedback. You know, so yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. You know, to yeah. uh, really focus on someone, but you know, like there's people like. You know, taking, you know, you shouldn't have asked that question right now, you know, whatever. So um, that's really what the process of becoming a life coach is. And then just, um, just really stepping back from, um, you know, my opinion from what I think you should do, you know, um, just to, to, to really make that connection in a way that um I'm just surrendering to you you know to it's a very client-led um opportunity you know well we see that for sure I don't know if you want to get into this now but on the one word workshop that we that we did with you Mm -hmm. um I guess that when I did it that was my my second uh, experience being in a group with you, the first being when we all met with Bob mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the other entrepreneurs uh, in the community, and then a few days later did it again in a group setting, and Andy was there, and it was neat to be a part of both of them, because the first time I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. I had, I really didn't know, I mean, I, like, I kind of heard people talk about all oh, the one word before, but uh-huh. I didn't really know or understand, and you know, give us these worksheets, which I have mine, Andy has his, um, with us and you know you're walking us through and I'm like I don't know what's like I don't even know how this is going to work you know kind of kind of looking through it, but you definitely do you are a, a digger yeah you do really <laughs> ask all these questions and and help the person that you're working through or working with work through what does that actually look like and you did that with every person in the room uh-huh. both both times I experienced uh-huh. yeah. it and it was neat to watch and it was neat to to hear you and, and watch you really get it out of them mm-hmm. they already know the answer yes and but many of us overthink it right uh-huh. we, we think too hard and we are too whatever about uh-huh. the situation but it's it's so interesting so if you're okay with it uh we kind of wanted to walk through mm-hmm. with our listeners yes. what that looked like yeah and um hopefully they can experience that with you themselves but we wanted to share our experiences so that they would can be know great some of what they yeah. get when they work with yeah. you you took us through the one word uh-huh. for the year. For, so for 2019, what is our one word? Uh-huh. And so you had us start by thinking about mm-hmm. the last two years of our life and what feelings come to mind. Mm-hmm. So what, and to write down the words that describe the feelings when I've looked back on the last two years. Yes. So for me, my words were excitement, growth, hard, challenge, learning, fear, and happiness. Mm-hmm. And over the last two years is when I started and have been building Everson Cooper. So that's all the emotions that yeah. I guess you can you can feel when you're starting a business. And so that was my like reflection. However, the next question you ask is what's one word to describe the last two years? And I said joy. And so 
I think that a lot of that comes from what we discussed off air is that I was so unhappy in my job prior Mm -hmm. to starting Everson Cooper and in a very dark, sad place Mm -hmm. and wasn't enjoying what I was doing. And so when I started Everson Cooper, all of the good things that I was experiencing far outweighed the fear, the discomfort, yes. the the insecurity. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I had those those moments, and I have stories of crying and, you know, right, all the right. things. But, like, <laughs> I overall felt a sense of joy and fulfillment, mm-hmm. and it was unlike anything I had felt before. And so I knew, like, when I really think about it, like, that's what I see and that's what I feel. So that was my my word and then my my picture of that word that portrays the last years of my life was like me kind of and we're in our office for for you listeners but kind of standing in the corner of the office and seeing myself sitting at my desk and working just because like I'm home and Andy's on the other side of the room working and our dog Cooper is usually under my desk and uh-huh. you know just having that like very fulfilled yes. moment and seeing myself there was it's just that's that's what I've always picked. That's what I picture when I look at that. So uh-huh. that's what I said looking looking backwards. And then you asked us if we were having coffee in exactly one year from today, and you had lived the most intentional, purposeful year ever, and you were so excited to tell me all the great things that happened. Describe your year. So I didn't really describe. I wrote words, and I said thrive, stability, tremendous growth, big trips, peace, and love. And so when you were asking me that in this workshop that we were doing. I, I gave you my words, and you said to me, and, and well, and I said, I told you that the biggest thing I was thinking of is thriving, mm-hmm. and that I've been trying to really focus on taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that I don't do very much of, mm-hmm. and um, I need, I, it's crucial to take care of my health mm-hmm. and, you know, be doing the gratitude and doing all the things to yes. really stay grounded in who I am, but then also Andy and I have started doing date nights and even though we don't have children at this point um we have very busy jobs and you can easily get caught up in that and take Mm -hmm. advantage of the fact that oh well I see you every day and you know whatever and so we've um got our our dog Cooper and so we go to restaurants that allow dogs and we sit outside on (laughs) Sunday nights and um have a date night together and Cooper loves it and we love it and we just get to hang and you know, go eat some yummy food. So anyways, that's been two things that I've really been working on, especially the last half of 2018. Mm -hmm. So going forward, I want to maintain those things um, as we're growing our business. And so Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm working hard and growing hard on our business, but I also want to work hard and grow hard personally and in my relationship with my husband. Mm -hmm. So when I described those things to you, Uh so here I am just throwing up my whole life to you (laughs) at this seminar, and you told me that it sounded like the word whole. Uh And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, like that's, you know, that's good. I like that word whole. Like Uh it's very, like, wholesome. I'm doing, I'm taking care of my whole self. That's what I think of when I think of that word. And so then you asked me to come up with a picture. So here I am like, oh, my gosh, like... (laughs) How am I going to come up with a picture? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so then you said, okay, well, what about a circle? And I was like, okay, like maybe a circle. And then you said, well, what about like a pie? And you kind of like <laughs> did your hands together. And I was like, no, Angela, it cannot be a pie. Yeah. If it's a pie, then I'm going to think about pie. I'm going to eat the pie. That's I don't right. even like pie, but I'm, circular-shaped desserts are going to come into my life yeah, hard. Yeah, that kind of goes that's against the whole taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So it can't be pie. And then somebody else that was in the group 
um, who knows me pretty well, had said, what about sun? You know, very, like, enthusiastic and generally pretty happy. And so, but a sun is also circular. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I like that. So you kind of left me with things to think about. Yeah. And um, you really did, like, encourage me and others to mm-hmm. to kind of chime in and be like, what do you, you know, what could you see that would be a word for this? So I'm sitting there listening to you do this with, with others. And I looked down at my hand and I had just bought a just cheapy fake ring, but it's a circular ring with stones uh, around the circle. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's my hole. Like there's my picture. <laughs> this is, is my like yeah. on my finger. Like I, I mean, I bought this out of nowhere and have been wearing it every day for no reason other than that I like it. You know, there was no purpose behind this ring. Yeah. Just just liked it. And here it is sitting on my finger, and that's my whole circle. Is this is this circular ring with stones around it? So it's just so cool. Yes. And so I went up to you afterwards and told you. Um, but like it was just so meant to be, right? Like yeah. it was just the universe manifesting itself. Yes. Which I love it when that happens, yes. and it was just such a neat experience. And so now I put this on every day, and I think about like yeah. Yeah. taking care of my whole self and mm-hmm. all the things that that means, and making sure that I'm really being intentional about yes. that. So I appreciate for me, especially having that reminder on me is yes. helpful. It's perfect. And, um, Anyway, so that was my experience uh, going through the one word with you, and I just loved that. Awesome. So thank you for, yeah. for doing that with us. Yeah, it's a great workshop. Uh, it's a great exercise for sure. So, yeah, so <clears throat> I was able to to do this, uh, you know, as part of uh, the group, and, and I had a little bit of sneak peek because Elizabeth came home just, you know, raving about this and kind of already told me a little bit about it, but I had not seen, you know, the whole exercise. And so uh, one word for the year, so think about the last two years, of your life and what feelings come to mind. So I didn't write one word. Um, I actually just wrote, you know, um, phrases or whatever. But uh, confidence in your own skin, ultimate responsibility, risk equals reward, discomfort equals opportunity, which is something Elizabeth and I, um, she's kind of began to uh, speak a little bit or um, uh, do um, some, some presentations or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it talks about... Um, Discomfort equals opportunity. Yes. And so that's kind of comes out of that. Um, you know, we have really challenged ourselves over the last, especially two years, two and a half years, you know, with this company. And I mean, we've, we, we've reaped some, some amazing rewards. Uh, but I think also because we were able to risk a mm-hmm. lot yes. and, and get, and get very uncomfortable about some things. Uh, and then set your own expectations, take control of your own life, direction, and destiny, uh, fearless focus, be the standard and listening and then taking action. Uh, so that's kind of all of the things, you know, talking about the last, you know, two years mm-hmm. of um, kind of wrapping that up. Uh, but then the one word that describes the last two years of my life is focused. And uh, and I mentioned this at our at our group. Um, <clears throat> it really was trying to cut out. Okay, well, what are what am I going towards? Mm-hmm. What you know, what is Elizabeth and I going towards? What am I individually going towards? What are we working towards? And then take an evaluation of everything that is around me. And if, it, if that helps, great. How do you enrich that and keep it in your life? If it doesn't, get rid of it. Yeah. And there's a lot of things. And there wasn't any really like um, a challenge for me. I just kind of had an, uh, a moment of reflection and said, okay, what am I working towards? Mm-hmm. Okay, why am I doing this? Well, then cut it out. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? And then cut it out. This mm-hmm. is pointless. Get it. Get rid of it. Um, and so really, yeah, the last two years has been... A, uh, an emphasis on what do I need to focus on. Uh, so one word that portray a, a word picture that portrays the last uh, year of, of my life is 
sharpening of a saw. And same thing, you know, we've spent a lot of time on improving our business, uh, improving ourselves, uh, and how, how can we be still individuals and be healthy, but but run this business mm-hmm. as, as good as we can be and, and pour into it. And then also have an opportunity to uh, pour into other people and pour into our community. And so we've been able to surround ourselves with a lot of people and we've grown a mm-hmm. ton and we've had our saws sharpened a yes. ton. Yes. Uh, and so that's, we've, we've really emphasized that. And that also comes from, um, oh gosh, what is the, I know I have it up here. Um, uh, Stephen Covey's book. Um, seven habits Habits of highly effective people Uh that's one of his um uh chapters is talks about sharpening of the Uh song that's total just a total rip off of stephen covey that's not my own (laughs) own, uh my own unique idea (laughs) so i gotta give him the credit for that idea and then uh the next um thing on your on your exercise is if we were having coffee exactly one year from today and you had lived the most intentional purposeful year ever and you were so excited to tell me all of the great things that happened describe your year and it took me about 1.2 seconds to yep, write this sentence. i remember that <laughs> as and i said stratospheric stratospheric success that has created multi-generational wealth and opportunities for our family company and community we've traveled to new destinations in the world that adds to our own personal perspective and that that is that's um and the, and the reason and I think I talked about this in a previous podcast as well. And I'm not afraid of saying we want to grow our wealth. Mm-hmm. It's not about just money in the bank. Right. And for us to say, you know, dollar, dollar bills everywhere. That's yeah, not what yeah. it's about. That's right. It is about the, uh, you know, opportunities many, many times yes. cost money. Yes. And we want to not only create opportunities for ourselves, but we want to, and that's why I always put it in here. And we pray about this every night. How can we help to continue to create opportunities for our family. Mm-hmm. That, that's not just us. It's not just Cooper. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everyone that we're related to. Yeah. Our family, our friends, our loved ones, our company, and our community. And our community means it, it's not just the Woodlands. It's not just Houston. It's not just... It's, it's, it's anyone that we come into contact with that our skill set or our network or whatever, we can say, hey, you know what? I think we might be able to help do this. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a small opportunity... Or whether it's a life-changing opportunity, it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, that's something that we we live, seriously live for every single day, and so that's one of our drivers of, of you know why we get up in the morning and why we uh, you know push through the challenges and why we've made certain sacrifices. That's amazing. Yeah, and so a word picture that describes my year in, of 2019. So I said seedlings that have grown into tall, prosperous trees. So we've been sharpening the saw. We've been working on ourselves. Uh-huh. We've been working on our company. We've been you know, making the sacrifices and planting these things. And you know, ultimately, as you plant things, you want to harvest them. You mm-hmm. want to you know, reap what you sow. And I know that I struggled with this because I did not actually uh, formulate it into one word uh-huh. uh, after it was all said and done. So, I, so as part of your awesome coaching you didn't just say well it should be this andy and and, and done with it moving on yeah, you're yeah. like well what about this what well, how does this mean you know to you and the word that i came up with is harvest yes uh and so what's amazing is elizabeth right after i said that well, actually oh. angela said oh yeah whole heart you guys are whole harvest words together <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah yes yeah so that's awesome and I swear to goodness, we uh, came home that night. No, no, no and, it was there. So oh, we're still there. sitting okay. there, and I Googled just for the I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to see what's up. So I Googled whole harvest and clicked on images, 
<laughs> and there is actually a company called Whole Harvest. Yeah. And their, bread company. their yeah. logo, <laughs> their logo is a circle, and at the end of the circle are leaves coming out of it, and it yes. says Whole Harvest. I, and I went up to you, and I was like, Angela, <laughs> look at this! Like this so is crazy. crazy. I know. Yes, and so it's just so neat. So now we pray for like our Whole Harvest for 2019. Wow. Um, oh Andy goodness. totally made a logo, which we'll show you before you hop <gasps> out of here. Um, but we just like totally embodied that and you pulled that all out of us like you asked the right questions and just pulled all of that out of us so we're just so grateful for you and anybody that can be a part of that with you i encourage our listeners to take advantage of that because you just really do you do dig and you really do ask the questions and kind of throw out ideas as you're mm-hmm. listening to what we're saying but mm-hmm. allow us to come up with what it is and uh-huh. i i really think that my word hole and Andy's word of harvest and then the way it comes together, the way that it that we're so excited about it uh-huh. and the way that we really yeah. like get enthusiastic and embody that, it's because you've pulled that out of us. You did not say to us, Elizabeth, your word is whole. Yeah. You you really <laughs> helped me come up with that as as I'm sharing my my dreams with you and what I want twenty nineteen to look like and I just it's beautiful and so Thank you're just you. doing amazing. That's, that's awesome. Amazing. Thank yeah, you. That's awesome. So I'm sorry so if anyone was listening, I um if they want to do this this exercise. Mm-hmm. So it's three keys to the best year yet. So mm-hmm. the first key and this is all this is all Angela. Uh, mindset mastery number one, number two, collaboration, number three, accountability. Yeah. And then one word for the year, the question, if you want to do this exercise afterwards, after you listen to this podcast, think about the last two years of your life and what feelings come to mind. And the next question is, what is one word to describe the last two years of your life? The next exercise is, what is one word that portrays the last year of your life? And then if you're having coffee, describe you know the, the, the amazing year that you just had. And then lastly, uh, what's a word picture that describes your year in 2019? And then you finalize that with the one word. Mm-hmm. So if anyone who's listening wants to do that exercise, um, you know, there, there you go. You have that opportunity. Uh, I know it's been amazing for Elizabeth and I just, just for a couple of days here uh, when we did that exercise. And that's something that we're now driving uh, towards. Well, and we'll, of course, link to you, Angela. I would encourage Absolutely. anybody that's yes. doing this to reach out to you yes. and get you to dig <clears throat> the word out of them mm-hmm. because I don't think that those questions matter unless they're being guided mm-hmm. through them and with somebody's you, really yes. digging it, out of them with you. Yeah, so. it does help to have someone there to yep. mm-hmm. um, kind of like listen intuitively, listen instinctively, you know, and like what what's a lot of part of coaching too is like what's being said underneath what's not being or what's what's being said under what's being said right and so um but you know as you were talking about whole harvest um you know what an incredible opportunity now even for the next year because i think about well what do you do with the harvest you know you bring it in and then you know you chop it up and you make a beautiful plate with it or whatever yeah. you know i yeah. go back to my food that's ways, right but, <laughs> i love that that's great <laughs> You know, but like, okay, whatever awesome. it is you're harvesting, like harvest is not the end result. Right. You know, then there's the next step. Yep. And um, when I started doing this, um, my first word that I came up with, um, for for some reason I always get, get, the past few years have always been L words. And one year was um, leap. And I took a big leap of faith that year. I had no idea, no intention of doing anything like that. I took a big leap. Um, the next year was land because I thought, okay, if I leap, 
what do you do when you leave? You land. Mm -hmm. And I landed in Houston that Mm -hmm. year. And so um, there were a couple more words in there. And then the, excuse me, the next year was launch. And I had, I set that word in January and had no intention of, um, you know, I didn't know what it meant, Mm -hmm. but I just knew like, okay, I want to launch. And in December of that year, I literally launched my LLC. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so it just, it just, that word guided me, you know, and so you'll find that word, those words just really guide you instead of. Um, like a new year's New Year's resolution, and like I was saying, a New Year's resolution, it it feels like it's driving you. But this word, if you get that one word, it's just a sense of okay, where am I going to go? It keeps you focused. It guides you rather than drives you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. So I want to kind of wrap this up by asking you, you know, as as you're going through, so so somebody reads your book, Summon to Soar, mm-hmm. and they. They identify which stage they're in and they start working with you and you're coaching them through that stage and helping guide them through the rest of the five stages. So then they get to stage five and they're in the rise stage. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you're in the rise stage? How do you maintain that? And and what happens if something tragic happens again? Like what what is different about you once you've hit that rise stage, I guess once, Mm -hmm. that helps you moving forward? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a great question. And I've had ladies ask me, you know, well, what if I, I'm in the rise, you know, and something happens, do I go backwards? Do I go back to a caterpillar? Just, this is just my thoughts as I'm writing the book. It's, I don't believe that you go backwards. I believe that once you've gotten to that stage that you're there. But, but you know, think about it. Even, um, you know, a caterpillar has predators, but once you become a butterfly, you still have predators, mm-hmm. but they're just different predators. And so... <clears throat> Uh, you know, or, um, you know, a butterfly can fly, uh, it, the butterfly does not need the entirety of its wingspan. It could literally fly with only half of its wings. And so, you know, um, the rise is marked by abundance because you've got more than enough. You've got more than you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say something happens and you know, you can still fly with, if you just had half of your wings, you can still fly, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's different things, um, that like life is, it's just, you're living life in the rise from a new perspective, mm-hmm. you know? So whereas once in the caterpillar stage, you were on the ground, you could only see just what's in front of you. Now as a butterfly, it's not that life doesn't happen. Life still brings, you know, the wind, it can take you someplace different, you know, all kinds of things can happen in the rise, but you see things from a new perspective and your mode of transportation is now different. Mm -hmm. Whereas one time as a caterpillar, you had tiny little legs that could only get you, you know, so far, so fast. Um, your wings are literally a new mode of transportation. So, you know, things might happen at a faster pace or, so I believe that, you know, once you get through those phases and you enter the rise, um, life is still going to happen. Things are going to still happen. Like I said, it's not a destination, but it's a culmination from which, you know, you can now start living with purpose and intention. 
Now, I do believe that you can get stuck in other phases of, um, like, let's say, um, so just for clarification, the, the five stages of the rise of a woman are, they start in the ordinary, and that mimics the caterpillar. Um, the second stage is the cave, and that mimics the cocoon. The third stage is the becoming, and that mimics the transformation that's happening inside of the cocoon. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth stage is the debut, which is breaking out of the cocoon. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth and final stage of the rise, um, which is where you begin to use your wings and you are summoned to soar by the wind. The wind is summoning you to you know, catch that tailwind and go higher and faster than you've mm -hmm. gone before. And so... Going through those phases, I think women really um, feel frustration um, when they know they have wings that are meant to be formed, but they get stuck. You know, maybe they're afraid to enter the cocoon. Mm -hmm. And right. so, you know, they get stuck, you know, as a caterpillar. And, but yet, you know, the, the interesting thing is, you know, a, a caterpillar is not trying to become something different. The DNA of a butterfly is literally contained within the caterpillar. So the caterpillar is longing to become who it truly who she truly is. Mm. It's not she's not trying to be something she's not. And a lot of times what I tell women is I say, you know, I don't believe you're broken and you don't need to be fixed. Because a lot of times women will say to me, Well, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna work with you because um, I'm what I, I'm way too broken. You could never fix me. I say, you know, I don't want to fix you. I don't believe you need to be fixed. I just believe you need to be more effective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> just, you know, if you're in the caterpillar phase, if you're in the, the um, stuck in the ordinary, you know, I believe that there's, when you lay your head on your pillow at night, that there's dreams of extraordinary impact mm -hmm. that, you know, may keep you, haunt you, you know, what I say in the first chapter is that, you know, they, those dreams, um, of great impact are in each and every woman and, and they haunt us and taunt us with our, you know, the greatness with the crown that we are called to wear. Um, but, you know, so encouraging that, that woman in that phase too, you know, don't be afraid of the cocoon. Um, let crisis, you know, take you or a setback, whatever it is, take you into the cocoon. And I'll support you in that cocoon. You know, it's dark, it's lonely, but the difference between the grave and the cocoon is, you know, allowing that transformation to take place. Mm -hmm. And then once that lady has, that woman has broken out of the cocoon, she's gone through the, the full process, she's paid the price, um, you know, then she's broken out. Well, she can't quit there because um, what's the use of having wings if you're going to stay all wrapped up sure. in mm -hmm. yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Um, you know, unfold those wings and it's hard work. Sure. It's, you know, it takes effort. It takes great effort and focus. And, um, but, uh, if you'll go through that full process and then go enter into the phase of the rise, um, you will soar. You can catch the tailwind of the spirit, you know, that of, of you catch that, um, that wind, they'll take you higher and further. But, <clears throat> you still live life and life goes on, but you just see things from a new perspective. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so, mm, so amazing. <laughs> um, Andy, do you have anything else? I think that that's just such a beautiful. 
I think that's an amazing place stop. to stop this volume of the podcast. <laughs> I think we have a lot more to talk about. We did not get to any of our Everson Cooper frequently asked questions, but that's okay. Uh, there is plenty for our listeners to digest and uh, take away from this podcast. Angela, thank you so much for being incredibly generous with your time, incredibly generous with your passion and your story. Uh, I think this has been um, fantastic. I know that we have enjoyed ourselves. I hope you have enjoyed yourself. Yes, Listeners, absolutely. I hope, I hope they've enjoyed yourself, themselves as well. Uh, SummonToSoar.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, SummonToSoar, the five stages of the rise of a woman, mm-hmm. uh, releasing in January of 2019. Yes. Uh, can pre-order at com. Also, they can check out your... Um, uh, life coaching at mm-hmm. Confidence Builders Inc. ConfidenceBuildersInc.com. Yes. Um, so if they need to get a hold of, uh, if you want to get a hold of Angela, if you want to check her out, if you want to, um, you know, work with her or buy her book, please go to those those websites. Um, she has a lot to offer. Um, and Angela, before, before we go, do you have anything else that you would like to to say? Well, I do offer a complimentary clarity call. Okay. And so um, it's a 30-minute call where I, I send you um, a sheet of homework with, you know, some powerful questions. Um, most people say, wow, I've never thought about those questions before. That's exactly the point, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> is to get you thinking a little bit differently. And so, you know, if anyone is interested, they just kind of want to know a little more about coaching or, you know, what that process is, is like or just experience a little bit of um, what that those questions are like. Um, I do offer a complimentary clarity call and they can sign up for that on my website, Confidence Builders Inc. So it has been an absolute joy and privilege to be here with you both. Um, There is such a light that shines out of you and I'm just so proud of both of you for um, really just standing out and, and, you know, being willing to be uncomfortable and getting getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just the impact that you are here to make uh, and, and you're already making, I mean, it is just incredible and it's inspiring. And thank you so much um, just for all that you're doing. Thank you. We're yeah. so grateful for you. Thank you, Angela. Thank you.